0: There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you.
1: Dr. Floyd Cunningham. Amen. It's a real great pleasure for me to be here uh, this morning. I also, when you come to a Nazarene church, you immediately see connections with people, as uh, she said. And among them also, some of you know my sister, Diane LeClaire, who I understand has uh, ministered with you for for some times. And uh, so it is a joy to share what God has been doing in my life. And uh, I appreciate also the the spirit of the service this morning and uh, remembering how I was called when I was a teenager to be a minister and uh, to submit myself to wherever God might lead me, not knowing that he would lead me for 39 years to the Philippines. But uh, that is what happens when we submit ourselves to God. And those years have been ones of great joy and continue to be ones of great joy. Amen. So I have been uh, teaching at APNTS, as you've heard for a long time, teaching church history. Amen. So this will be a strange verse of scripture for me to share with you, Uh, but you can read it along with me together. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up do you not perceive it? And uh, making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I thought of that this morning when I was driving the hour from Nampa across the wastelands. It, it seems like <laughs> uh, to finally, finally get to a mountain home for the first time. Amen. Uh, APNTS is located in a city, Tai uh, Tai, of 250,000 people, which I understand might be a slight Bit larger than Mountain Home. And it's just to the west of Antipolo, a city of one million people, and just to the east of Metro Manila, a city of 12 million people. And APNTS is therefore uh, an oasis in the middle of this uh, urban setting in which we live. And there is uh, one stream that comes through the campus and one bridge that crosses that stream that we all cross each day. Amen. And uh, that uh, bridge has meant something symbolic to us. From the beginning of our school, our theme has been bridging cultures for Christ. And increasingly God brings to our campus and brings our campus to those who are of many, many different cultures. amen. So when the uh, seminary started, we realized that it was going to be an international school. We have students from India, where there is a Hindu background, from Pakistan and Bangladesh and Indonesia, which is a Muslim background, from um, Japan, which is Shinto, and from Korea and Thailand and Myanmar, which are Buddhist, and China, which is communist and Uh, from island people and from who who are with a Christian background and some with a Catholic background, just an amazing variety of context. And our students come to study at APNTS. And there's only one possible thing that could unite us and bring us together. And that is this affirmation, which has been the theme verse of the school since the school began. So read it also with me. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men and women, the man Christ Jesus. Amen. This uh, stream that runs through the middle of the campus is not uh, altogether clean. There is a squatter community, a slum community that lives on that stream. There's a hollow block wall that separates us from that community. And uh, so they use that stream for all sorts of purposes. And when, when the water comes underneath the bridge, it's not entirely clean. But it reminds us of the world that is around us. And the water goes from that stream into uh, Pasig River, into Manila Bay, into the South China Sea, and, that, and into the Pacific Ocean. And that represents all of the places around the world where my former students have gone across the years. The stream is actually called Tungtong, which in Tagalog means stepping stone. And when we learned that that was the name of the stream, uh, it seems very fitting because our students come from these various contexts and from various places in life when God has called them to seminary. Some are in their early 20s. Some are in their 30s or 40s or even older. Some are single, some are married, some are married with children. It's that many are at that stage of life, uh, like Terence and Ingrid who were here in the church a while ago, who, were, who came single, who uh, found their lifetime partner and so moved from the single men's or women's dorm into the married couples dorm, and then for their third year of study often into the married couples with children dorm. So that 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 creek being a st- being called stepping stone really represents the stage at which people come to APNTS and then they go from there to many many other places around the world. Amen. And uh, we started by being mainly having students from the Philippines, but then as time has gone on, uh, there. They have come from all over, not only the Asia Pacific region, from all over the world. Amen. And you can see the number of countries that we've had in the last year or so who have been studying at APNTS, either coming to the campus or else our being able to minister to them uh, through Zoom and uh, before that through Skype. And uh, it's just been an incredible experience for us to be able to. Bring together students in our classes from all of these different contexts. Amen. So, we have been able to graduate over 600 students across the years, and about half of them become pastors, about a fourth of them become teachers, all the way from preschool to graduate school, and uh, some. Uh, 20% like Terence and Ingrid have become missionaries themselves. And uh, that's incredible too because it re- you realize that's, that missionaries are no longer looking like I or not, no longer from North America, but going crisscrossing the world from one place to the next. Amen. So um, yes, I was going to talk about Terence and Ingrid just a bit, even before I knew that they were here at the church, this church. I've known Terence since he was a freshman in college and his teachers, even way back then, had so much anticipation for what God was going to do through Terence's life. But I never realized during those early years that I would be following him from church to church, both of us talking about what God has been doing in our lives in the Asia-Pacific region, how he he met Ingrid at APNTS. She's from Florida, as you remember, with uh, part Guatemalan ancestry. And uh, they met at APNTS, and God is using them now in Thailand just amazingly, amen. And another one who I sometimes follow in churches is another former student who is their boss, uh, Bill Kwan, who is from Korea. And he came as a student with his wife. And he went on for further study and became my, my, stu- my uh, colleague at APNTS, teaching alongside me. And he became involved in various ministries and God led him to think that there was a ministry beyond APNTS. And so he was appointed to Thailand for overseeing the work in Myanmar for the Church of the Nazarene. And then God led him to be field strategy coordinator. And now he's based along with Ingrid and Terrence and several other APNTS graduates were working in Thailand and involved in the ministries of the Church of the Nazarene in the Southeast Asia region. So I went to Bangkok uh, uh, about three years ago and uh, it happened to be Easter time and he invited me uh, suddenly like 15 minutes before the service began to preach. And the, the, the congregation was made up of Myanmar people in Thailand. Myanmar people in Thailand. Uh, Myanmar is an adjacent uh, country, as you know. And there are migrants to Thailand from Myanmar who are working in factories, low level positions, making lower salaries, but more than they might earn in in Myanmar. And who would care about Myanmar factory workers in Thailand? Well, Bill and the Church of the Nazarene saw that these were people who needed to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, he began to work among them and to organize churches. And there are three Myanmar churches in Thailand. It's amazing. And there is a, also an extension of our work in Myanmar. We have a Bible college in Myanmar. And there is an extension of our Bible College in Myanmar, in Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, so you think of of American schools extending themselves into other parts of the world, but here's a Myanmar school extending itself to work among the Myanmar people of Indianapolis. Amen. And uh, so. A few years ago we started extension programs, not only that students would come to APNTS, but that we would go to other places in the world. And that was working splendidly until the pandemic came along. But one of the first places we started was in Papua New Guinea, a place where the Church of the Nazarene worked from the 1950s among a very primitive people. And uh, the work developed and the country developed to such an extent that our Bible college in the highlands of Papua New Guinea needed teachers who had master's degrees. So APNTS went, offered our program. Uh, There was a cohort that graduated and I was there for their graduation. Just an amazing uh, and beautiful part of the world where the Church of the Nazarene has worked. And uh, we have been in other places as well. Amen. We've gone to China and uh, had the opportunity, though it was very delicate to go there, and this was through house church organizations and networks. And we were able to be in two different places in China over a period of time and to offer a course of study, master of ministry, so that students in China, Chinese students, could be ordained ministers in the Church of the Nazarene or continue work in whatever capacity in the churches in China. It was an incredible opportunity. There have been Chinese students also coming to APNTS. And in fact, for the graduation ceremony of our work in China, they, the Chinese students wanted to come to APNTS to graduate, to go through our graduation ceremonies, because they knew that they could never be able to do that in China itself. And it's amazing that we have that I have contacts former students who are so actively involved in the work in China. Amen. The work in China, however, is no no longer possible to do that. We had a window of opportunity when the government would have tolerated that, that no longer is possible to us. But we took the opportunity, that window of of, uh, chance or opportunity to go into China to educate people there. And similarly in Vietnam, the Church of the Nazarene today has no missionaries in Vietnam. And so it's imperative that we have well-educated, well-trained, prepared ministers among the Vietnamese. We've gone there. One Vietnamese young lady came to APNTS, finished her work there, and she's going to be a strategic and excellent leader for our church in Vietnam. Amen. And uh, when I was in Myanmar last, it was right before the pandemic. And I was teaching an extension class in um, Mandalay. Uh, And incredible that that school that is open there, extension there, the leader is a former Buddhist monk, well-educated, knows Buddhism backwards and forwards. And he was able to witness to one of his friends and this uh, young man was in the class as well as the leader of it. And he had become a Buddhist monk when he was 20 years old, entered a Buddhist monastery, became also well acquainted with Buddhism to the extent that when he was a Buddhist monk, he would go from village to village to go to the Buddhist temples in Myanmar, teaching the philosophies and the the. Uh, uh, principles of Buddhism. And then he began to read his Bible when he was 23 years old, and then had contact with our leader there in Myanmar, and uh, came to know Christ as his Savior when he was 30 years old. And uh, today he is working with the Church of the Nazarene and going now not as a Buddhist monk, uh, spreading the philosophies of Buddhism, but going from village to village and speaking about Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Amen. And uh, the leaders in that group that I had, many of them from Buddhist backgrounds, which is so incredible how God has uh, changed their lives. I remember one of them just reading a report in his own language, which I cannot understand. Burmese, of course, we were translating the class. But reading his report in Burmese, I could not tell the words that he was using but I could tell the heart and the spirit that he was that, in which he was saying those words and I was just incredible incredibly blessed amen And uh so in the pandemic time within like here within 10 days or 2 weeks we were forced to go from face to face classes to Zoom which which is what we used and uh it was very, very hard for us to adjust to that so quickly, but we managed. And God used uh, something that seemed quite terrible and horrible to the his advantage and to the kingdom's advantage. We began to have students from many other parts of the world and even the Philippines itself, students who could stay in their places of ministry and continue where they, are, that, where they were and still take classes by, by Zoom. And that was amazing. Amen. One of my classes was uh, during this time spirituality and transformational learning. And one of the themes of that class was hospitality. That's one of the undercurrent themes of that particular uh, subject, hospitality. So we asked ourselves as a class, how do you show hospitality? How do you show hospitality without giving donuts and coffee and pizza? Uh, to students. Can you do hospitality on Zoom? How can you make people feel like they're part of a fellowship where they're welcome? And so we tried and uh, went around the circle sometimes sharing like what is on your mind and what is on your heart. And so during this time, not only this class but in other classes, trying to show hospitality, some of the students uh, from Myanmar their country had been in civil war. Some of them were stranded by the pandemic and then stranded again by the civil war that's happening in Myanmar. And some of them had had seen members of their villages and members of their family die from COVID like once a week or even more frequently you would see them. And then when the civil war started, the, the their villages were being bombarded. There were invasions of their villages in Chin State and Kachin State. And uh, so how do you begin to talk about church history when someone has just seen a family member die of COVID? How do you talk about church history when their village has just been bombarded and there are military just outside their houses? Some of them were still in Myanmar. You have to identify the needs of the the emotional needs of the students, don't you? You have to identify where they're coming from, and uh, and uh, share the burdens that are on their hearts and minds before you can begin to teach. Right? Amen. Well, APNTS had been doing this really good job of bringing students to APNTS from all different countries, and then our going into the world through these extension programs that I've mentioned. But you know, sometimes the most difficult bridges to build are the bridges to those who are closest to us. So a few years ago we began to think, okay, um, what does it mean for us here and now to be a people of God called to be holy? okay, we're not a church, we're not a congregation, but we're still a community of God. What does it mean for us here and now, Kaitikling Tai Tai Rizal, the Philippines? What does it mean for us on this day to be a people of God called to be holy? And when we began to ask that question of ourselves, God began to lead us to think about that squatter community, that slum community that lives just on the other side of a hollow block wall that separates APNTS from from them, that the creek runs through. We realized that, uh, that we had a mission to them, that we had to get to know them. We wondered, what do they know of us? Not much. What do we know of them? Not much. And more importantly, what do they know of Jesus Christ? And we had to find out answers to that. And I remember uh, taking uh, a student and one of the workers from a Filipina worker from our mission just to look over that community. And we just began to have a burden and share a burden for the people of that slum squatter community. That led to our students' involvement, holding Bible studies in the very poor homes that are just... Uh, crowded along the side of that creek. And we began to realize that there was one common problem that we faced and that was dengue fever. And the mosquitoes who, who bear the dengue fever don't seem to know one side of that wall from the other. And so we began to share a community project to clean up the creek and that led from one thing to another. Amen. So in my class there was uh, Bill Kwan, this Korean, and he was preparing for ordination. So taking doctrine of holiness in my class. And we were beginning to talk about how holiness is not something that is only in the mind. It's not only a doctrine. It's not even only something that is of the heart, but it is also something of our hands. And he said, Bill Kwan said, if that is true, then we must become more involved than we even had begun to be with the squatters and the slum people of that community. And so he began to work more intensely in there, in that community. And he began to do child sponsorship for the children in that community so that they could go to school. And he collected sponsorship from Korean churches of the Nazarene. And some of them uh, were able, therefore, to finish by that means elementary school and high school, and even found money for college support. And so they have uh, really developed because of that child sponsorship. Amen. Well, we wanted to make sure that the people of that community knew who we were and that we knew who they were. And so for our 25th anniversary, we decided to have a big kind of party celebration. And uh, we, we invited some singing groups and bands and uh, Philippine all-star hip-hop dancers. I won't go into that. And uh, we had some uh, our own students from their own context and cultures, do some some things, and went into the community with invitations to invite them. We had this parade of motorcycles with balloons. I don't think a seminary is actually allowed to do that, but we did that anyway. We, we stopped traffic in the streets of Tai Tai. And uh, so, amen. So we had the, uh, when we had the presentation for that time, 800 people from our community came on to our campus. 800 people, uh, not counted by a missionary, but counted by uh, policemen, uh, guards who were uh, counting them as they came in. So 800 were on our campus for the first time getting to know us. Amen. And so that ministry led to our attempting to clean up the creek, community projects, and. involvement in hygiene and sanitation, community development in that place, and all kinds of weird partnerships like with Microsoft to have classes for the young people in that community so that they could get a certificate proving that they knew Microsoft. Uh, Amazing, no? Amen. And uh, so we had um, a theme of our chapel one one uh, year, and it was the Lord is gracious and compassionate so we 'd heard sermons in our chapels about how the Lord is gracious and compassionate amen and uh, then there was this great typhoon in the the rain came down, and the floods came up, and the the homes of those squatters, our friends, were swept away by this huge typhoon. So that little creek, the Tung Tong Creek, became this raging overflowing river. So the, the rains came down, the floods came up, and the squatters came over the wall. Amen. And they knew that they were welcome in our place there was no hesitation on our part, no hesitation on their part. We found places for them to uh, sleep. We made rice for them. Amen. We had uh, opportunities of ministering to the children. Amen. And we had crisis care kits on our campus. Some churches around here make these crisis care kits and we just had happened to have them on our campus to give. Amen. And so it was a time of great uh, fellowship. Well, all of these things that we did uh, led to the establishment of a great church that is right there in that community. The, the wall of, the, of our campus is the wall, the back wall of their church, and it is called the River of Life Church of the Nazarene. There were those from that community across the years who have been baptized, who have come to know Christ as their Savior, been called to ministry, have gone on to Bible college, all of those things. And there is this incredible River of Life Church of the Nazarene. In a slum community like that there are all kinds of problems with alcoholism and drug abuse and uh, just poverty produces so much hardship and it leads to abuse of women, abuse of children, all of those things. And so the River of Life Church of the Nazarene is a place of refuge, a house of refuge. If a person in that community is being abused in some way, then they know that they can come to the River of Life Church of the Nazarene to escape from that abuse. Amen. And I was called upon to give communion in that church a few years ago. And I guess it was soon after the 2017 manual had come out. And there's a place in the 2017 manual in which the Lord's Supper had been, the words had been changed a bit. I hadn't even realized it until I stood there in that uh, church, uh, looking at those people and uh, reading these words. And uh, You already read them this morning. But imagine standing there before these poorest of the poor people saying this as we prepare to give communion. We gather at Your table in the name of Your Son, Jesus Christ, who by Your Spirit was anointed to preach good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, set at liberty those who are oppressed. Christ healed the sick, fed the hungry, ate with sinners. As I said those words, I was was kind of broken up. I hadn't realized that that was part of our Lord's Supper uh, ceremony even. And just to see that indeed we had been there. Amen. The leader of that church is one of our graduates, Jackson Natividad. And he's incredibly creative, incredibly energetic. Uh, incredibly entrepreneurial. <laughs> and he has all of these projects for that community going on and for beyond that community. God could have led him to pastor the biggest churches, not only in the Philippines, but anywhere in the world he would do a good job. He's a great pra- pastor and preacher. But God led him and leads him still to focus his ministry upon the people of that community. Amen. So about three weeks ago, right before I came to the States, they invited me to preach at their outreach. So the River of Life Church of the Nazarene has an outreach to a tribal people who live about two two hours from from Tai Tai. And so we went to this place that is among the uh, Dumagat people And the leader of that church is one who grew up in that squatter community, who was reached by the Church of the Nazarenes, the River of Life, by Jackson Natividad in in particular. And he is the pastor. He came from being a drug addict himself, growing up in that squatter community, to now uh, going two hours away to reach this Dumagat tribal people with the message of Jesus Christ just so happens that that church also sits near a river, not a little creek, but a river. And so they use the Tagalog word um, for that, to rename that, to name that church. Basically that means the same thing, the River of Life Church of the Nazarene. Amen. Well, during this pandemic, as I said, the Myanmar people, (coughs) students that we had on campus, um, many of the other students were able to go home eventually, but the Myanmar students were stranded on campus. The, the number of them on campus was about 20 or more. And so they couldn't go home, pandemic. They couldn't go home, civil war. And so the Church of the Nazarenes, Nazarene Compassionate Ministries, was able to find some money to help us make sure that there was rice and there were eggs and some other things for them to eat while they stayed on campus. And then in the meantime, these Myanmar students saw the, the needs of the intersection where the seminary is located on tic, at, in Tickling, that there were homeless people, that there were people who were hungry there in that intersection right in front of the seminary. So the Myanmar students They collected uh, clothes and had projects to raise money so that, that they would sell and raise money to go out into the intersection of tickling right in front of the seminary with money that they had raised after having been given so much by Nazarene Compassionate Ministries, but taking their own compassion, their own hearts, into the homeless and hungry people who are Filipino, (laughs) foreigners to them. but They are foreigners to the Filipino, but taking that to the streets. Amen. And uh, showing God's compassion in the streets. I'm so incredibly proud. They didn't need any prodding. There was no instruction, no (laughs) guidance. They just did that from the bottom of their hearts to do that. Amen. And so that that work at APNTS just expands. I think that ethos, what it means to be a people of God, called to be holy, (laughs) trying to figure out what does it mean to be called to be holy right here, right now, tickling Tai Tai Rizal, leads to a focus of love and compassion that overflows not only to those who are like us, but to those who are not so much like us. Father, I thank you for the ministry that you have given us, and pray that as you have given us at APNTSH Ministry, that you will bless this church as well.
0: Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarine.org connect if you'd like to connect with us, and have a great week.